Welcome to the Be Light Podcast, where we discuss letting go of the mess, being the light God calls us to be, and not only being the light, but actually feeling light as we release it all and experience the unsurpassing joy of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you leave feeling encouraged and a little lighter. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm sitting here with my mom. Hi. (laughs) I'm actually looking (laughs) at her. We haven't been sitting together in like, well, since January. Sad. I know. We were planning on getting together in April. That didn't work because of COVID. And we thought about June, still not working. So we're planning on Labor Day. Yay. Yeah. Praying that happens. Mm -hmm. If it's God's will, it's gonna. If it's not his will, honestly, you wouldn't want to happen anyway. There's other things he has in mind. It's all good. So what have you been up to? Well, actually, a couple months ago, I started a Christian book chat uh, with a couple of my friends, and we had it yesterday at our house, and it was really, really good. We uh, did a, it's really like a book club, but I thought, I don't want to say book club, book chat. (laughs) So anyway, uh, and it's Everybody Always by Bob Goff. And it is just an exceptional book and really entertaining. I laughed hard in several things that he wrote. It was really good. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you need those times right now, especially now to have the fellowship and everything, especially with churches being closed and some opening, but with different restrictions and any way you can find that fellowship with other believers is huge. You know, what's really great, Amber. Uh, one of the things that Bob mentioned, and I've read this in a few other books, and of course I've read it in the Bible, that church is not a building. We are the church. You're the church. I'm the church. And wherever two or more are gathered, he is there. We're having, quote unquote, church. Bottom line is, I'm not saying don't go to church at all. But while you can't or while you still feel uncomfortable, call a friend, have church. <laughs> um zoom have church and with and with people you feel comfortable with being in person with get together and have church it's just being together having fellowship talking about the lord reading scripture praying just watching a christian movie just having some good times have church you don't have to wait for those physical doors to open right right yeah there's lots of different opportunities and and things that you can do. So I'm really, I'm glad that you're doing that. Me too. Um, speaking of books, I'm wrapping up The Hiding Place, which I, by Corey Ten Boom, which I borrowed from you. Apparently you didn't know I borrowed it. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I bought a new one so you can keep it now. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's so good. And we did a giveaway for it um, on our Instagram and Facebook accounts this last week. So that's exciting. And we'll be doing different giveaways each month, but Um, this last month was The Hiding Place. And as I was reading it, it just gave me such renewed perspective of what our attitudes can be in the midst of waiting and how to have strength in waiting. And, you know, right now we're in kind of a waiting room, so to speak. Originally, when I was thinking about doing this podcast and this topic, I was thinking more about COVID, like what's next, what are we going to do, et cetera. But all COVID has done is actually magnify our waiting time and made us even more aware globally of our need for Jesus and where we put our hope and how we get our strength is from him. 
you know, I feel like everyone's a little, not everyone, but when you get on social media or the news, you can kind of feel this franticness of people trying to figure things out and understand things and what do we do and, you know, trying to place their hope in different things. And for me, when I see that, it just magnifies the fact that we need to be finding our hope in Jesus. And when we do that, we start feeling a totally different kind of peace that only he can give us. Absolutely. You know, in the hiding place, it really does magnify how waiting can be a very precious thing if we open ourselves up to God. You know, Corey Ten Boom and uh, her sister Betsy were in a concentration camp, <clears throat> and um, Betsy found it as great opportunity to share her faith. And so many women came to know the Lord through Betsy and uh, Corey, but especially Betsy sharing her faith. And had they not been in a concentration camp, had they not been in that waiting period, those women may never come to know Christ. Not that God's limited to that circumstance, but he used that circumstance for his glory. And unless some of those women are still alive, they're with the Lord. And there's not a single one of them that would take back that horrible earthly experience to trade off their salvation for it. So we have no idea what the spiritual things are going on with the Lord and in people's hearts in this country and around the world. God's a patient God. And he says he doesn't want anyone to not be with him. He's crystal clear on that. And he is, he's working in people's hearts that we don't know about. And that's where we have to believe and have faith and get excited that we too have opportunity to share faith when maybe people's hearts are a little more open to listen because they are afraid. Right. Yeah. One thing Corey said in the book was that um, in regard to Betsy, our sister, she said, sometimes I feel like Betsy was just as happy in the prison camp or in the concentration camp because they went to prison and then the concentration camp. Um, then she would be like at home. Like she found her ministry there. She said that she was almost giddy whenever she got to the camps because she saw all the opportunities that she had in front of her that God had given her to witness to other people. I was like, wow, that is a totally just not a human perspective. I mean, God and the Holy Spirit in her just gave her that eternal perspective where she saw that as an opportunity and was excited about it. You know, and something else too is that uh, Betsy clearly did not lament over the loss of her comfortable, loving home. She didn't lament over never being able to see the rest of her family members again. She did. Her home was not on earth and she knew it. Her home was in heaven and she was eager to bring others along with her. Yeah. And I could, I mean, honestly, I could go on and on about that book for this whole podcast. I know me too. It's so good. <laughs> but, I, totally um, I read this quote the other day and I'm not sure who wrote it. I could not figure it out, but it said, do not let your perception of who God is and what he is doing or not doing dictate your reality. Let the Bible dictate who God is and what God is up to. Do not listen to your thoughts, feelings, or anxieties. Yes, they are real. Yes, they are heavy and burdensome. No, they don't just magically float away when we open the Bible, but preach to yourself the realities of the scriptures. Preach to yourself, Romans 8, 28, God works all things for good for those who love him, all things, even silence. And when I read that, I thought, wow, how often do I see God through the lens of my feelings? 
if I'm really anxious, then I'm thinking, well, can God do this? I mean, and then I'm like, well, of course he can do this, but, but is he going to, I don't know. And then if I'm really sad, then I start, you know, questioning God or doubting this or that. And then sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm even stronger, but it's all like a lot of times it starts to fluctuate based on my emotions. And when I read that, I was like, it doesn't matter what my anxieties are telling me. It doesn't matter how I feel the Bible, his word doesn't change. So his truth isn't changing and just relying on that. And that hope that he gives it, it, it's totally different. Like I just felt this peace when I read that because the last few weeks we've had some kind of more anxious things going on. And when I read this, I was like, he doesn't change. And there's a lot of peace to be found in that. You know, our feelings are so real to us, but our feelings come and go at the drop of a hat. We can be in the best mood driving to a party and someone cuts in front of us and all of a sudden we forget the party and we're upset and all outraged because someone risked our life cutting in front of us. And, but you're so right. God doesn't change. And the more grounded we are in his word, the more we'll see the reality of him and not be so reliant on our feelings as a gauge. It's interesting that you should say that because I was just reading the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis and it's a fiction book. It's about screw tape. Screw tape is a demon writing letters to his nephew, Wormwood. Wormwood is his apprentice and he's teaching Wormwood how to deceive us. And there's a short little passage here that I just finished reading before we got this thing started in our podcast. And it says, Screwtape is saying this to Wormwood, by the very act of arguing, you awake the patient's reason. We are Satan's patients, according to Screwtape. They see us as patients and they're constantly working on us to deceive us, but he's steering us away from argument, not argument like, you know, you're arguing with someone because you just got to be right meaning it's an intelligent argument. Don't present intelligence to a human being because then they'll start thinking and wanting to find the truth. He says that once it is awake, who can foresee the result? Even if a particular train of thought can be twisted so as to end in our favor, you will find that you have been strengthening in your patient the fatal habit of attending to universal issues and withdrawing his attention from the stream of immediate sense experiences. Your business is to fix his attention on the stream. Teach him to call it real life and don't let him ask what he means by real. And bottom line, screw tape is saying, keep his attention on what's happening in the world. Get his emotions and his sensual experiences stirred. Don't let him think. Don't let him ask what's really real. Just keep him focused on the things he's observing in the world to stir his feelings and his feelings are his reality. And I think about what's going on, Amber, in this COVID business and the riots and the takeover of some of our cities and all the civil unrest and not saying that some issues aren't real or real, but what is so 
adamant is keeping our feelings at a high pitch, stirring our senses, keeping us afraid, keeping us outraged, keeping us angry, and diverting us from the truth of God's word. <clears throat> and that is where, that's what you were just now reading, and that is what I read in the screw tape letters. And I thought, holy cow, really? We're reading the same kind of information at the same time? You know, that's that's more than a coincidence. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's so easy to let your senses dictate how you how you see things very quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you start to forget and see God differently when he's not changing. You are. <laughs> That's right. I like that. Remember that God's not changing. We are. And you know what, Amber, the moment we start feeling anxiety or heart racing, a headache, whatever we, if you want to focus on your feelings, focus on that because that's an indicator that you're off track with God. Right. That's a good thing to realize. <laughs> right. So different things you can do. We were talking about, um, you know, to have strength in the waiting, in the silence, yes. or maybe God's not being silent. Maybe you're waiting on something and, he, and you feel very close and you're talking to him. And, um, but either way. So one thing um, is to get to know God just for the sake of knowing him. I don't know how many times over the years since I was little, my mom has been like, I know you want to answer for this, or you want to feel better about this, but don't seek God, you know, just to get an answer. Seek God because you just want to know him just for the sake of knowing him. Mm -hmm. And some different ways you could do that, of course, getting into the word. Um, one thing, if you're not familiar with getting in the word, start with John. Just read through the gospel, get to know Jesus, like get to know him and, and the way he responds to things. And the closer you get to knowing him and knowing how he responds to things, you will start to feel that peace because you know him just like a friend. You start to have that peace. Another thing, um, maybe starting a daily devotional, two that come to mind for me, um, just because I'm going through them right now, are New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. It's really good. Um, and Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon. Both of these are great. Not replacements for getting into the Word at all. No. But they're great supplemental. The scriptures that they um, highlight in there are wonderful. And, um, of course, prayer. Just talking to Him. Like, I talk to God all throughout the day. The girls are like, who are you talking to? And sometimes I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times I'm talking to God and just conversation. Like he is in our continual conversation in the car. Um, if we pass somebody that maybe has cut us off or something, we pray for them, you know, after I'm angry about it. <laughs> maybe we pray for myself too, <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> um, but he's just constantly there and he is continually in our conversation and so, you know, getting into the word, devotionals, and just overall, just consistency. Consistency with anything is the key thing, but consistency in doing these things. You know, what you just, what we talked about a minute ago, also, don't forsake fellowship with other believers. Right. And what we talked about in the beginning, call a trusted, good Christian friend. Talk about your concerns, but also make sure that when you talk about your concerns, whether, whether it's the world issues or a personal issue, always go in with the intent of you want to find an answer, not that you just want to be heard and unload and then hang up and you still have your stuff going on. You want to find encouragement. Um, and again, find that fellowship. Get together with some close friends. Call them, Zoom them, 
<laughs> message them, whatever. But don't forsake fellowship. And in our world, we have such opportunity to have fellowship. And then, you know, something else too, it, there's a plethora of things besides our podcast. <laughs> there's so many great podcasts out there and so many great avenues and sermons are online on almost all churches now. And it's just the enormity of references we have to keep our spirit in line with God is there for us if we'll just use it. And I do think it's important to note, like, you know, you, you need to be in the word yourself and use the podcasts and books as supplement, because whenever you read these authors or listen to these different speakers, you need to know what's truth and what's not. And so when you're listening to it, you need to think, okay, is this coming from God or is this coming from man? You don't want just their interpretation. You want the Holy Spirit's um, interpretation. So you need to be in the word as well. You know, you're absolutely correct. Um, for, uh, for a while, about 30 years ago, I uh, was watching a particular evangelist on television and listening to his message. And more and more, my, my spirit was unsettled about certain things he was saying, but he was quoting scripture. But the emphasis on certain things just didn't go with what I felt was right. Well, I did what you said. I turned it off for a while and I went to my concordance in my Bible and I looked up every word that pertained to the things that I felt were unsettling. And I researched it myself just by using my concordance. Also in a lot of your Bibles, you'll have, if you look in the back, you'll have topics and you can look up topics. And you can do all the research yourself. And having a study Bible also gives you some insight, like little notes at the bottom. <clears throat> but the point is, I quickly found out why I was unsettled. Because there was emphasis on things that just didn't need to be. And I quit listening. But so you have to know for a fact, what are the facts in the, in the word? Absolutely. Plus, not to mention, you know, I can do all my devotionals and such and I get very inspired and very excited but I will tell you right now Amber that when I just sit down and open up my Bible I get a relational feeling that I'm talking with God now does that always happen nope sometimes I don't feel a thing don't go in it folks with the intent of getting a feeling God is not a feeling that's a byproduct God is a fact he is love, but love is a choice, okay? Feelings come and go, and a lot of it depends on our circumstances, but when you go straight directly to the word of God, you are opening up your spirit to the spirit who lives in you if you're born again. So there is just something totally different than going straight to the word. Right, yeah. And I know another thing for me that, you know, makes me feel you know, weak and, and not have that strength is whenever I start looking ahead too far, you know, my advice on that is don't look ahead. I am the worst about that. And we need to live in the now I'm horrible about it. It's something that I continually have to pray about, um, Mm -hmm. and give up because when we look too far ahead, we create scenarios, which create emotions that may never exist. And we look for strength and peace in the what ifs, but God doesn't work in the what ifs he works in the what is. 
And it makes me think of the verse in Hebrews 11.1 1 that says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And we can have this hope because we know him and we know that God works all things for good for those who love him, like we talked about earlier. And yeah. this gives us strength in the waiting. Whenever we have that hope in God and we're looking at him and saying, my hope is in you regardless of the outcome. And you're looking at this moment and saying, I'm living right now. I can't do anything about tomorrow. He talks about not worrying about tomorrow. Can't, it doesn't add an hour to your life. And so I'm going to live right now. And I think whenever we do that and we practice that is whenever we feel more strength in the waiting process because we're putting our faith and hope in him. I 100% agree. And God has impressed that upon my heart for the last several years. And I'm sure we've discussed this before, but honestly, some something that God has really shown me is I can't answer your prayers tomorrow that you would actually realize because you're not there. I can only talk to you right now, right where you are, because that's where you are. You're here now. And God communicates where we're planted right this minute. And living in the what ifs, what ifs, the word if, in its by its very definition means that it's something that hasn't happened. And most of the time, it actually never does. So living in the what ifs is living in a dream world that doesn't, doesn't do any good. And when you wake up, you're right back where you started. Only you've made yourself sick sometimes. <laughs> right. But... but but living in what is, which is God, he's always alive. He's always present. He never changes. Wow. That's solid. Right. You know, when it comes to what's going on in this world, you know, a lot of us are waiting. When are things going to be normal again in our communities on every level, on many levels? And sometimes I'll get really stirred up emotionally and like why can't people see and blah 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 well this morning i was praying again about it god keeps directing me back to him and his word okay but this morning he directed me specifically to something in his word which we've discussed before but i'm going to read it again and then tell you what he told me <clears throat> it's philippians 4 starting with verse 8 finally brothers whatever is true Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, so that's Philippians 4 eight and nine. Okay. So God said, are you thinking those things? Well, no God, because there's a lot going on. I know the Lord. So many people don't have common sense. I know the Lord. I, I just know I have all these ideas I can put out there. I know, but are you thinking about what's ever good? No, not really. The Lord, if I do, I'm going to be avoiding because really. And then I said, so how did that work Lord? And he said so clearly, because when you think about all these good things that are of me, you're wide open to the leading of my spirit. 
And then you will hear my voice, not your fix-its, <laughs> my voice in what I want to say through you. What I want to say, what I want to pray through you for others, what I want to reveal by keeping your mind clear. And just now when I read that to y'all, I got a flash, <clears throat> excuse me, of Paul being in prison, writing this letter. He wasn't fighting the government. He wasn't trying to rally the troops to make everyone understand that the Roman guards were wrong for throwing them in and this was so much injustice. He was writing a letter to the Philippians, loving the people, telling us how to think great things, even in the worst of persecutions, which is what Paul was enduring. And what does it become? A letter in the Bible that I'm reading to you now, over 2,000 years ago, and we're still being inspired. Had he gone about in his common sense, got to fight it, got to get it clear to the people what's really going on, he simply encouraged and inspired, get closer to God, period. And here we are reading his words. There is your impact by following God and his truth and not our feelings or our quote unquote common sense. You know, it's when you think about Paul being in prison and all the waiting that he did too, and, oh. and the strength, where did he find his strength? That's a perfect example of where we can look to whenever we're thinking, oh, we're waiting and we don't know. That's where he found his strength was in God. You know, this morning I was thinking about whenever I was working out, I, I love to work out. And with getting in physical shape, the more you move, the stronger you get. And you also think about the more you can check off your list and you get done. Like when, for me, like I'm a list maker. So when I can mark things off my list, I feel really productive and accomplished. And you start feeling that way. However, God in our relationship with him, he doesn't work the same. In Psalm 4610, it references um, how God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And I love how this Psalm starts with God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We find our strength, oftentimes moment to moment, in him, and he calls us to be still, which that so goes against everything in us at times. That is exactly right, Amber. That, uh, you know, what I had just now read, you know, when we find our faith and our peace in God and his word and dwell in all that is good and right, it does cause us to be still. It does make waiting actually quite enjoyable. And we can spread our joy to others. And in living in the society we live in with so much opportunity with social media, there's just no end to how much we can spread his joy as we're still and listen and have that peace. Yeah. And whenever you're still is whenever you're going to hear his voice, not whenever you're cluttering it with all the noise and um, all the busyness of life, just in general, aside from all this COVID stuff, you know, whenever you are just resting and you're listening to him and you're turning off the TV or you're turning off all the busyness that you have on your calendar for a little bit, like, I think we all noticed that a little bit with during the quarantine time and how everything's shutting down, our schedules look a lot different than they did before. And I think we're noticing, okay, when we slow down, all of a sudden things that 
we didn't see within our families or within our relationship with God become that much more evident. And whenever I was thinking about being still, one of my favorite verses is in Exodus. And it's whenever the Egyptians were pursuing Moses and the Israelites as they crossed um, through the desert. And the Israelites were panicked and they grumbled and they cried out. And Moses answered saying, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And that's in Exodus 14, 13 through 14. And I imagine this scenario is pretty easy to imagine as well, because we have, you know, Charlton Heston and <laughs> all that. <laughs> but I was like, I imagined it. And I was like, how terrifying. Like they get through there and they, they're exiting and then they see all these chariots coming in and all these, you know, soldiers and everything and how overwhelming that would have been. And your first reaction would be to run because that's how we're geared. Like we run to protect ourselves in a situation like that. But God through Moses says, don't run. Don't try to find your own way out. Just find your strength in me and be still. And what a different way of thinking. When you see that, it's like, wow, God just wants me to be still. I don't have to do anything. And, you know, with some of the stuff that's been going on in recent weeks um, with us, just some different things um, anxiety-wise going on. Like I have gone through this first many times thinking, no, it's okay. Like the Lord has this, the Lord has this fight. I'm just going to rest in that. And I can just be still and have hope in that. And I don't need to figure it out. I don't need to analyze it to death. I just need to sit back, take a breath because I'm not thinking about it. doesn't mean I'm being ignorant to it or naive. It means that I'm resting in him and that's okay. And the more I do that, the more my thoughts can be free and my mind can be free to hear him. You know, you're exactly right. <clears throat> I love what you said in the beginning too, that we can't hear God if we're not still. And I thought about conversations with people, you know, there are times when you get so excited in a conversation that you interrupt someone talking because not because you're really actually being rude, not really. You're just excited and you want, oh, you said something I want to tell you before I forget. And you jump in and start talking. And then that person, start, I mean, pretty soon there's, it's easy to jump in and not hear a word the other person's saying because one, you're ready to say your part and Two, you're talking too much. <laughs> so, so the thing is, you don't really hear the other person. And we don't learn from them. We don't really get to know who they are. We think we do because we walk away feeling pretty good because we've been heard. But how much are we hearing? And I think we do that with God. I think sometimes it's so easy to pray and pray and pray. Oh God, how long, how long, how long? Give me patience, give me patience, give me patience. Help, 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 help. And then God's saying, be still. And one of the ways we can be still is going back to the Philippians 4, 8. Dwell on all the good stuff. And then in 9, it says the key word for me is practice these things. Practice thinking about what's good and right. Practice thinking my word. And that actually causes us to be still spiritually mentally, emotionally, and honestly, sometimes physically, because when we're not still, we get all keyed up and it affects our bodies. Right. So 
that's key. Being still is a wonderful thing in any kind of waiting period. And it gives us strength. We find God's strength in being still. Yeah, it's pretty awesome that you can find that kind of strength and peace in the waiting whenever you're just being still and resting in him. And it's, you know, sometimes... (laughs) I, w- I would say it's easier said than done at times because you do sometimes let your emotions take over and you, and you, you know, ride that out. But sometimes I have to sit back and think, are these emotions coming from God or from Satan? Is it from me um, overanalyzing it, you know, which is sinful. And then that's whenever it comes back to looking into his word and seeing what he has to say about it and focusing on that and not the emotions. So We thank you so much for joining us today. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up with prayer. Mom, you want to close us? Okay. Lord, I thank you for your word that it is sure. It is steadfast. It never changes. Thank you, God, that when we are in a tailspin with our emotions, we can stop and say, wait a minute, but what's the truth? And when we find the truth, it's amazing how our emotions actually settle And we start being still. And in that stillness is your peace. So God, give each and every one of us right now your peace that passes understanding by us practicing what is truth, which is you, and being still. And then God, in this stillness, inspire us to know how to pass on this joy and this assuredness and this steadfastness steadfastness in the midst of waiting in any trial. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Not steadfastness, but steadfastness. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, God, for a sense of humor. Well, Mama, it's fun talking with you today, and we thank you all for joining us today. Yes, thank you all. Thank you, Amber. And we'll be praying for you all throughout the week. All right, guys. Be light. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook as we share things that encourage you to feel and be a little lighter. We also have fun monthly giveaways as well. So be sure to check it out. This week's verse is Psalm 4610, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There's so much peace and comfort to be found in this verse. We don't need to struggle. We don't need to figure things out. He tells us to be still and to trust him, knowing that he is God and he is over it all. When we are in a waiting period, it is easy to want to figure it all out now and to not be patient. But through reflecting and meditating on this verse, we are able to find strength that can only be found in him. Hope you all have a wonderful week and we look forward to visiting with you again soon. Have a good week and be light.